Welcome to the Washdown Podcast, episode number 35. I'm your host, Jeremy Green, with me, my co-host, Chris Nelson, and today we are talking with firefighter medic Steve Saneman, and we are going to be talking about the Center of Excellence, a recovery center for firefighters, and also some personal issues that he had and how he has overcome them and continues to work through them. So... Sit back and enjoy episode number 35 of the Washdown Podcast. When no. we first met? No, I was barely 20. Okay, so I was I was in my 30s. Yeah, I might have been 21. I was in my 40s when I got divorced. And anytime I'd go to a bar for anything, I felt like the dirty old man. You know, because I'd be like, I'd look around and I'm like, hey, nobody here my age. Yep, I feel that way now. Yeah, yeah. I don't go to bars anymore oh i so i go to a bar with my wife now <laughs> yeah i really don't i haven't even done that since i stopped drinking so. well, there's no point yeah yeah i mean I, I, I don't go and annoying get, <laughs> i don't i don't drink like i did in my 20s at all oh god no yeah i did i did when i was in illinois but i was in illinois and it made it you, tolerable you have to yeah <laughs> it, it didn't put, it's a requirement i think <laughs> if you're in the state for more than four hours i was like this state sucks <laughs> <laughs> the land of laws and taxes yep yeah and not even good laws just no. dumb laws dumb and like i, I always stop to get gas and hannibal mm-hmm. <laughs> on my way in because <laughs> it's cheaper yeah and then i try and push it as far as i can sometimes i can make it back sometimes i can't it depends <laughs> on how much driving around i did <laughs> I'm gonna just roll those dice. Yeah, because it's I mean it's expensive. It is. Yeah, it's like sixty cents more a yeah. gallon. What? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's ridiculous. That's, you know, now that you say that, every time I've taken that motorcycle trip to Indiana, it's I usually do get fuel in Wentzville, and I try to push it all the way to Mount Vernon. Yeah, maybe coast in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's been iffy a couple. I'm kicking times. my feet. Yeah. <laughs> Where are the pedals? Where are the pedals? Yeah. Well, the one time that it was really iffy was whenever we had all that construction. And yeah, there's nothing. I mean, if you got to stop, you got to stop. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to say I push it, but most of them, like, I just bite the bullet. And we always take my wife's car. So, like, at half a tank, it's eight gallons. Yeah. So, it's not that bad. Right. But still, it's, like, ridiculous. Yeah. Well, it probably gets pretty decent gas mileage, too. Yeah, it does. I mean, I don't have to stop when we do. I just... It's a good stop, halfway stopping point, and she's usually in my ear by then. I got to pee. I'm like, tie not it. Because <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Here's a cork. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, on that note, <laughs> Steve, thanks for dropping by today. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Appreciate so, you having me here. Uh, well, we are glad that you're here. So why don't you uh, give us the 411? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my name's Steve. I've uh, been a firefighter uh, and paramedic for close to 30 years now. Started uh, started working uh, in and around the field when I was uh, 15. So uh, got my first taste of it, at, like I said, at 15. Loved it ever since. I uh, honestly can't see myself, even all through my career, see myself doing anything else. Um Got a short time of uh, burnout back in the late 90s, uh, just before I moved here. And uh, 
dealt with that and uh, realized that no matter what I did, I was always going to come back this way. So, so that's why I got hired on by uh, a local uh, department here. Uh, then uh, got on the department that I was that I'm at now. So. So now when you, when you, when you had your burnout in the nineties, yeah. was that an ambulance service or was that a fire department? It was an ambulance service. So, so it, only ambulance. And it, right. And it wasn't so much, uh, the job I was doing as the people I was working for. Uh, I was a supervisor at that service and, uh, the things that they would tell me I had to do to, uh, you know, put ambulances on the streets and, mm-hmm. and all that, um, private service. It was a private service. Yeah. For profit. Yeah. So it just, it made uh, decisions, you know, that I made very difficult because they wanted, you know, these ambulances on the streets and we didn't have ambulances that I felt were safe to be on the streets and they didn't care. Held together with duct tape. Um, yeah. On a good day. On a good day. <laughs> on a good day. <laughs> that piss is uh, barely in there. It's like a paperclip. Yeah. There was uh, one ambulance that I, I worked out of for a long time that when you put the, the M tank in, if you look down, you could see the ground. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. so natural air conditioning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, you know, and you get nice little exhaust fumes. In oh, there too, well, so. you know, yeah, if, you, patience, if you drill, patience, yeah. yeah. So I did find if you drill a small hole in the bottom of that O2 tank, the air from outside will get up in there and it's unlimited O2. Oh, hey, that's a You didn't know? <laughs> Mech. Yeah. New school, old school. Right. <laughs> I just, just changed the bottle. So yeah. what was I thinking? <laughs> just for all our listeners out there, in case you didn't catch it, that's a joke. <laughs> that's, that's all sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> Kaboom. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, but you get to the hospital faster because you'll be in, you'll be flying over traffic. No, right? It's like it's a turbo, right? <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, just hit the nitro button. Right, mm-hmm. that's exactly what it is. Yeah, O two is not flammable or anything. Yeah, <laughs> never <Yeah>. seen it. <laughs> I've seen lots of people smoke while they're on O two. I have too. I have too. Not a great idea. No, not uh, not the smartest thing in the world. Because if you're on O two, because of smoking, <laughs> what? Why are you still smoking? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't get it. Hey, but you know what? It's not me. So yeah, that's why I look at it. Yeah, it's a corporate burnout. A little different than yeah. So little, I mean, still burnout, but still, still burnout. It was still. I was at the point where, um, oh gosh, this is going back away. Steve Maxwell was still the uh, director of VMS for Missouri, and uh, I. Uh, almost ripped up my paramedic license mailed it back to him with a note saying don't ever send me another one that's the point where i was at like every medic's like that yeah. so, so how did I, you handle that i mean I, like what got you through it and got back into uh i quit there and uh met my first wife and moved uh, that was that was back in st louis and then met my first wife and moved here um, and it was one of those things where we were talking one day and she goes, you really, this is, this is you, you know, this is what you want to do. You're a paramedic, you're a firefighter. This is what you want to do. And so that's when I started pursuing, uh, uh, finishing up my fire one and two 
which is a whole other story in itself. Um, it was fun. No, no, I'm not talking about the. No. <laughs> With you and I, it was awesome. I had a great time. I had a great time. I learned too. a lot. I had a great time, too. Uh, even, you know, messing around with uh, some of the instructors. Mm-hmm. Oh, they were easy. <laughs> One in particular. I'm not going to name names. <clears throat> but, yeah, it was uh, it was nice to, you know, finish up my Fire 1 and 2 and realize that uh, that this was where I wanted to be. And uh, uh, ever since then, I, I kind of handled the, the stress and the burnout, you know, and, and I said I never want to, you know, supervisory position again. Never work for a private ambulance service again. Um, and so far that has all come true. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you you know what you want and you know what you like. Right. So, so, I mean, can't fault you for that. Right. Oh, my stomach's growling. Is that yours? Yeah, that was <laughs> my wow. stomach. Yeah. <laughs> That's it was that it was that awesome chicken sandwich you had earlier. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, it's sometimes you just gotta. <laughs> it's close. Uh, yeah. Well, we uh, time, time time constraints. Yeah. <laughs> it's close. My, it's edible. Yeah. Ish. My Ish. stepson and I stopped at Inatub on the way home from. Yes. Oh. So, dude, no. That's, that's like a once a year thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm right there. And I, I pay for it every time. Oh, yeah. And I still eat like 10 tacos. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm down to like five, and I'm like, hey, extra powdered cheese. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Can't do it, man. I know. I you just, like rice cakes. Nobody cares. It. There's nothing wrong with rice, rice cakes. cakes. I use those as coasters. Yeah. Not only does he take the, <laughs> take the rice cake, but then he takes a piece of dried broccoli and puts it on, and then powdered peanut butter and puts it on there. It's the weirdest crap you've ever seen. He's exaggerating and I don't exaggerate. Lying. I don't lie either. I can see him exaggerating. I I can't see I can't see him lying. Yeah. But well, that was just a bald faced lie. <laughs> <laughs> Sad thing is it's probably not. <laughs> I don't know if he does, but I'm not there. <laughs> no. I you know, honestly, since I've been at the new station. I've had more keto than, but that's because all the guys on the pumper do the keto diet. So just kind of by default. So most of it's just chicken, vegetables, rice. I had, so. we had tender ones the other day at our station uh-huh. and they were delicious. Yeah. Then I found out the breading was mm-hmm. vegan. Oh. I was like, really? I, and that's the first thing I've had that's vegan, like 100% vegan. Right. That was good. Wouldn't breading always be vegan though because it's well breading? No, i think the it's, it was like gluten-free and if, vegan if and it's got eggs in the mix <coughs> yeah it's uh, an animal product uh, yeah okay so I, I, don't, I don't it said vegan on it and i've never oh, seen like well the flour i've never seen flour say vegan i had a vegan steak the other day because i put a sticker on it that said vegan <laughs> does that qualify <laughs> You believe everything you read on the internet? Not as being dramatic. <laughs> Shut up, almond milk. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with some almond milk. It tastes good with Honey Nut Cheerios. No. Yes. Vanilla no. almond milk, Honey Nut Cheerios. Almonds don't make milk. Yes, milk. they do. No, they don't. Haven't you ever seen it in an almond ranch? The cowboys herd them up. Where's the nipple on it? 
Thank you. Well, see, you got to shell them first. It's like sheep. You got to shear them. And then it exposes everything. This is what I deal with. (laughs) Chris, I'm sorry. (laughs) You got my number. If you need to talk, (laughs) give me a shout. What's the... I can't think of his name all of a sudden. The comedian. Bill Burr? No. Older guy. Always yelling. Louis Black. Louis Black. Black. Yeah. Where's the tit? Blue cow fuck milk. (laughs) That's right. I said it. (laughs) You know which stand I'm talking about? (laughs) I unfortunately do not, and I love Louis Black. I I want to say that was Black on Broadway, I think. I can't remember. See, it's hard to remember, like, specific lines from him because he is such a yeller. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and he's so animated all the time. I mean, it was a whole sketch on milk and... Get your almond fake milk and whatever else they make milk out of now. Yeah. Like, it's not milk. I want milk. Right. I want my milk to come from a cow. Yeah. And if I'm desperate, goat. Oh, no. It's not as bad as we think. It's different. Had, it's different. I, I've had goat cheese, but I've never yeah. had goat milk. It's not. It's, I don't know how to explain it. It's just different. <laughs> like, mmm. Give me, the, give me the cow milk. <laughs> yeah. It right. helps with burnout, though. Do what? It helps with burnout. <laughs> really? Goat's milk? That's the cure to burnout. <laughs> that's how we circle back. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. You didn't know? That's good. Yeah. That's, that's good little. Oh, he did an awesome circle back <laughs> a couple of episodes ago. We had a, you know, we're starting the podcast and we're doing our thing, having the right. conversation, and then some things were said that needed to be cut out so we just started <laughs> over and we were good like seven eight minutes in right. a lot of great stuff and he's like i'm gonna do it again and i was like you can't do it again you can't was you that the mortal Kombat? yeah yeah and yeah. i said you can't make lightning strike twice <laughs> and he brought it all the way back around and just slam dunk hey hey you could be the press secretary if you keep circling back so I circle back yeah that's the new PIO right there. At least I can make him giggle. That's the new PIO right there. There you go. That'd be an awesome job. I'll vote for you. Walk up and be like, uh, it's on fire. <laughs> uh, See what we're, happened we're, was. We're it out. <laughs> There's water going to it. Yeah. yeah. Pretty sure. See what happened was. <laughs> uh, he knows what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. I liked him, though. Yeah. He was funny. So, yeah. Circling back around. Circling back. So. So, you moved here. I moved here. You were uh, married. 2002-ish. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. 2002. I'm trying to think. Yeah, because I turned 20 in 02. Right. I think it was about end of 02. Yeah. Beginning of 03. And I... We were in the Fire 1 2 class at that other department. Right. And got before hired. we got hired at our, at our, our departments. Right. I got... Uh, I was working... Uh, at uh, one of the casinos at that time too. Yeah. So I want to say you were. At, well, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Because I think I was going to apply out there after EMT school. I didn't. I I just remember uh, falling asleep in the investigator class, the investigator class, or <laughs> art the arson, and I fell asleep because I was working nights, coming in class during the day, and I fell asleep, and I went. Yeah, did the head nod, and I went, oh! <laughs> <laughs> Told on yourself. Yeah. Well, I think, because weren't our classes at, started at 6, 6 to 9 at night, and then you went to work? 
Uh, I remember we were in the evening because I was working during the day. This was a Saturday that we were there. Okay. I remember. And yeah. Then, uh, yeah, and then I had worked nights, and yeah, it was... It was I forgot crazy. we did Saturdays. Yeah, we did Saturdays every other Saturday or something like yeah. that. Or, I'll make sure you're speaking I, right into sorry. that mic. No, you're good, man. <laughs> it's a learned skill. Well, It's I, like doing an IV. Not everybody can do it. Right. Right. I could do an IV. You know what happens when he sees blood? No. That got brought Does up. Does he? Yesterday. <laughs> so we were Elliot in. brought that crap up. Hell <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Told on me. <laughs> so so I'll t- I will tell the story. On. I had to go through the academy again. Right. When I got hired. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's where so, I met him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So first clinicals down at the hospital. Right. So look, I grew up hunting, fishing. I've seen blood. I've hurt myself i've seen other people hurt it was never a big deal mm-hmm. go to my first clinical down at the hospital and they're like hey you want to see a gunshot wound and i'm like boy do i <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like just fun on a stick right so i go into the room the doctor's in there and it's like a 22 dude like shot himself in the foot yeah. No, I, no, there's there's another story with the 22. And yeah. <laughs> so I'll see if he remembers it. So I'm sitting there, and I'm watching the doctor clean it up, and he's, like, explaining stuff to me. And I'm leaning back up against this cabinet, just kind of watching him. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I don't feel right. All right. And getting a little bit woozy. And the next thing I know is I'm on the ground. This doctor is freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> I need help in here. <laughs> well, whenever I passed out, because I passed out, right. I fell apparently face first into the concrete floor, oh. and I split my eye open. Oh. Well, I landed in front of the door. So I'm kind of blocking the door. Well, the doctor is not going to move me. <laughs> so he's screaming for help, but nobody can get in the room because I'm in the way. So I kind of took a beating from them <laughs> pushing the door open to get in to help me. So they get me up, you know, stitch my eye up, right. get some orange juice, some food. I finish my clinical, go into the academy. It was on a Saturday. Yeah, it was on a Saturday. So, you know, Sunday and then Monday morning in the academy. Everybody knew. <laughs> Everybody already knew. Yeah. And there was no hiding it because the proof was right there. I was like, yeah, it happened. Yeah. But, I mean, it hasn't happened since. I've had plenty of calls where I've had my hands inside of people pitching right. off vessel. And it, yeah. I mean, it doesn't bother me. So, But we always wondered why he was the last guy hired in the class. Yeah. That's he was the last one. I was, <laughs> yes. I was the guy that they called on Thursday and said, go take your drug test today. Right. Academy starts on Monday. Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the one guy in our class that uh, he, he was annoying as all get up? And he'd sit there, out driving with my friends, uh-huh. doing this. Do you remember that he, guy? He got shot by his best friend. Yeah, he's in my Mason Lodge. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that when I joined it. <laughs> All right. I mean, he's, he's, this has been a long time. It's been yeah, like 20 years It's been ago. almost 20 years, yeah. yeah I'm sure yeah. he's changed. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. 
All right. <laughs> Never mind. Move, move it along. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I remember. <laughs> I just remember that story of, you know, his friend shot him. <laughs> okay, so anyway, yeah. how about we talk about the reason that you're here to talk? All right. <laughs> so um, after getting divorced from my first wife, um, some things came to light in my world that there might be some other issues going on. But being the person that I am, I can handle it myself. Right? Oh, I've heard that story before. Have you heard this before? Where, where, where have I heard that? Right. Oh, wait. I said that. Yeah. You <laughs> said you're that. Right. Yeah. Anybody that sat in this chair said that. Pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. I can handle this. <laughs> yeah. This is no problem. So, um, get through with my divorce, living, you know, the single life again doing you know whatever it is i want meet my current wife still kind of uh keeping that lifestyle but not as much trying to hide things from her um she finally she caught me in in a couple of lies um finally came to a head in september of last year and uh she said you either get help or you get out those are your options. And I'm like, you know, this, this is the woman that has so far stood by me for a year and a half. Um, and I have not given her the true me, the best me that I could give her. So, um, made some phone calls, talked to some counselors that I knew. We all kind of agreed that going to center of excellence was going to be the, the right course for me. Um, so it started that process, and again, because I'm me and I'm sitting in this chair, I, you know, thought I can kind of drag my feet a little bit and drag. So I did a little bit. <clears throat> she kept getting on me. So finally got made the phone calls. Uh, October sixth, uh, I flew out there, and that's uh, uh, COE's in uh, Maryland. Spent six weeks out there. Um, Learning about uh, different uh, trauma, talking about different traumas that I've gone through, not just professionally but also personally. Um, they did this uh, assessment. I don't can't remember the name of it, but when I started filling it out, <clears throat> the the uh, counselor that was in there with us, she goes, "Is this one of your traumas that you're going to talk about?" I'm like, "No, didn't even think it was needed to be talked about." And she goes, no, you need to make this one of your traumas because we go and we talk about our traumas that we've had. Yeah. And uh, I said, OK. So I did. So the score, they scored that like one zero to zero to nine. I think it was the scoring on that. And I scored a four. So when I, you know, met my trauma counselor, I said, so what what denotes, you know, that this is a significant trauma? He says a score of one or higher. So I had a four. So not as high as it could be, but still. still. Uh, he said, yeah, with a score of four, you should have, you know, it's been proven that you'll have a higher risk of drug and alcohol abuse, um, addiction, and things of that nature. Um, thinking about it, um, when he told me that, uh, in my early 20s when I was living on my own 
I uh, I started to go down that rope. <clears throat> then uh, realized I woke up in one day at home in my bed, not realizing how I got home. Uh, so I was like, you know what? This needs to stop. So I don't I don't drink like that anymore. I don't I haven't really since. You know, I have the occasional, but I I try to you know make sure somebody else is driving, or or what have you, uh, or I'm doing it at home. But with an addictive personality like I have, one addiction is replaced by another. And with that, that's when the porn came in. And it left a wide open door. And it has haunted me. And it's a, a struggle every day to keep that demon locked up, keep it at bay, to make sure that I'm doing the things that I need to do to... Uh, keep it keep it where it needs to be uh, that was one of the things at COE that we we talked about they, there's no ICD-9 code for sex addiction, sex addiction it's now considered impulse control problems so when I got back and was talking to a psychologist here or psychiatrist here uh, it was you know so tell me about these impulse control issues and I'm like so I did laid it out online and uh, you know it's something you know he told me you know it's, it's the way it is you know you just gotta want to know my plan for it and I told him laid out my plan and as long as I'm working my plan things are great so like I said getting back to the COE talked about uh, my childhood traumas talked about uh, several traumas at work um, work through those uh, they do what's called uh, Socratic thinking the Socratic method mm-hmm. and basically what when you relive those memories you're in what's called trauma brain so you kick off the fi- flight or flight some you know sympathetic sympathetic nervous system mm-hmm. that's it I'm a, medic. Get, I'm a medic too. You're getting there. I was, I was say <laughs> it takes there. me a minute. I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> takes me 30 seconds for an IV. Takes you five minutes. Uh, no. <laughs> takes me five minutes to find the words. It's a needle thingy. It's a It's a minor CVA that I have. You know, <laughs> <laughs> kind of flares up. But. Uh, but no, I mean, we talked about, you know, these, these traumas. Um, and so when you think about them, you actually kick back into the flight or flight, fight or flight syndrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you're in that mode, your brain can't function. It does not function correctly like it should. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we do, what, what the Socratic uh, questioning does is uh, it helps you to look at it from a logical point of view, not from that fight or flight. So once I did that, my first trauma, every other one from that, that point on that I talked about in those classes was as easy as could be because all my other traumas, all the other feelings and things that I had about those other traumas all stemmed from my first one, which, uh, not getting into any great detail, but was related to my mom and my sister. 
than the way that I was raised. You know, my mom kind of pawned me off on my sister. Wasn't her child, you know, so there was a lot of resentment towards me from her. My sister and I have really come a long way. We're we're as close as we can be. So, with being 250 miles away. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then there was some, you know, there was a lot of other classes that, you know, focused on, you know, anxiety. Um, I had my first, well, I had my first recognized anxiety attack while I was there. And I'm like, having this attack in the middle of the campus there and I'm like oh so this is what an anxiety attack is all right now I have a name for it yeah (laughs) I've had them before I didn't know what they were yeah so um went through you know there was classes when I first got there for the first three weeks I think it was I was in class every day uh the next couple of weeks I was in class um six days a week and then uh, when I was getting ready to kind of uh, transition out, transition out, yeah, it was just uh, it was five days a week, and it was only three hours a day, whereas the others were like six to eight hours a day. Yeah. So they broke it down for us, and they said that if you're there six weeks, you basically get five and a half years of therapy uh, therapy in that six weeks because you're going to so many different classes. Yeah. And they, you know, they did, you know, they did the, you know. The arts and crafts ones too, which, yeah, you know, we kind of laugh at and and, but you know I think I, they work. They do, dude. They oh. do. I was imp- I was surprised yeah. at how well they work. I mean, the, yeah. you know, the coloring books and the and the cutting the stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is ridiculous. And I'm like, then you know, found getting into it. And I'm like, you know, an hour's passed, and I'm, they're like, okay, you need to collect everything. <laughs> You're like, I'm not done uh, I'm not painting. Done. Yeah. I'm not done. <laughs> Yeah, for me it was uh, wood burning and music. Yeah. yeah. So, because I've always been into music and you know playing instruments and right. doing all that stuff and yeah, and I set it down for a long time, right? Because other things were right more important, right? Yeah, so. there. Yeah, that's uh, that's. Uh, I'm working on a presentation for my department on on uh, PTSD and and that's you know one of the things that I'm going to talk about is. You know, are you putting stuff down that you, you know, like you like your music? You know, you put that put that down because it just it wasn't doing anything for you. Whereas whatever you were filling that void with was. Yeah. So it's it's it it, it was very fascinating to me to learn not only about myself and to figure out, you know, my, you know, where I screwed up in life and. You know how much of it you know I had control over, and it, it was it was very eye opening. And I came back; I was a totally different person. My wife said that she said when you walked off the plane, she says you were totally different. She said you had your head held high. Um, you didn't look like you had the weight of the world on your shoulders. You know, and that and that's how I felt. Yeah. You know, that was. I, we only live a few minutes from the airport, and that was the longest ride I've ever been in. You know, was going to the airport to have her drop me off. Yeah. And then, come to find out, she didn't tell me this before I left, but she told me, you know, as we were progressing in our relationship and getting things stronger with us, that um, she really didn't care if I came back or not. 
I was that close to losing her. Yeah. And that's something I didn't want to want to have happen. Because, uh, you know, my dad would have kicked my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I am not taking an ass whooping for this. <laughs> not from an 85-year-old man. Yeah. And my dad could still do it. Huh? Hey, you're dead. Yeah. Well, yeah, but he was also a St. Louis City cop for 30 years. Yeah, I don't want to fight that guy. Yeah, yeah. no, he doesn't fight. He doesn't fight fair. Yeah, yeah, man. So you know, it's oh, go ahead. So I, I was gonna not to compare programs, right? But because Jeremy went through Valor, uh huh. So one thing we've talked about, he's talked about it here, is that they didn't prepare him for what was going to happen when he got home, where reality comes back and life, <clears throat> everything that that revolves around life, right? You know, bills. Right, family, because you've you've gotten better, but they didn't. So it's still there. Did they did they prepare you for that at all, or is not, it not as really much touched? as as I think they should have? And one of the and, and one of the things with COE, I don't know how involved your family was with your recovery. Um, my wife was fairly involved. Um, she came down and saw me a couple times, okay. and she was in contact with. Because she has a professional relationship with them too. Oh, so, okay. All right, so that's I a little mean, different. For yeah, her. it's a little different right. for me. So, so uh, one of the the downsides to it was I don't think they. I think they prepared you for life outside the bubble as well as they could, yeah. because you know you're different than than you and mm-hmm. me, and yeah. So everybody's you know once they get out, it's going to be a little different. Yeah, but I think they prepared you. Uh, I don't want to say adequately, and I don't want to say sub subpar either. Right. I think they prepared you as well as they could. Right. Well, um, and I think the so the big thing <clears throat> I think that we need to remember, and people need to remember, is there's only so much those programs can do. Right. And the like what Chris alluded to was, you know, you've been in this bubble, like you said, of treatment for. 30 days, six weeks, however long it's been while your family who, while you're being a jackass and doing what you were doing, you're hurting them. Right. Well, they haven't been through a program to resolve those issues and you've been gone. So you haven't been talking and communicating and resolving those issues. So whenever you come back, it's like, Hey, yeah. what's up? <laughs> yep. When it's not, I see, I don't think it, I think it goes deeper than that, because not only are you gone, and they're they're not they're not able to deal with it with you, but they're picking up all that slack. Right. Oh, absolutely. So, so everything's not falling on that person to be done. So when I was gone, my wife wasn't working; she was in school. She had to pick up a, a part time job, so she was basically working six days a week. Yeah. She'd be in school five days, and then take her uh, part time job on the weekends. And uh, so how much stress, how much more added stress is right. that? And now she's resenting <clears throat> even more. Right. Because now she's got to take this other job. Now she's got to do all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Because I was, like you said, a jackass and did, did what I did. Do you guys have kids at the, t- at the time? Uh, we don't have kids together. Okay. Um, she's got a, a son. Okay. So and you, you don't have any? I have, I have a daughter. Okay. But now, so I assume the son lived with you, with you yeah. guys. What about yeah. your daughter? No. So... <clears throat> Part of uh, 
part of my healing process was to make contact with her because once my ex-wife and I divorced, make sure um, you're talking into that. Mic. Yeah. Um, once my ex-wife and I divorced, I kind of, I'm going to take a hundred percent of the blame because I did not, uh, pursue a relationship with my daughter because of things that I was told by my ex-wife. Uh, I should have from the get-go continued a relationship with her and that's 100% on me. Yeah. So, so I can't, uh, but one of the things that, uh, in the family session that my wife and I were, you know, we'd zoomed in on, which was really kind of nice. Um, was she brought up my daughter to our counselor and my our couple's counselor and our family's counselor and uh my personal counselor both ganged up on me and said <laughs> you need to write a letter to your daughter and we want to see it when you're done <laughs> it's like fuck a homework assignment now. <laughs> yeah great well so but, so a good, but a good one. But it was yeah. a very good one because when I did mail it to my daughter about two weeks after I got back, I was sitting in the station and my uh, my phone went off and it was a text from my daughter. And uh, I, I honestly did not know that your heart could leap and your stomach could sink all at the same time. Uh, it was one of the, the best, most nervous I have ever felt in my life. Uh, we... We uh, text every so often, you know, not as much as I'd like to, which is, again, on me. But uh, I'm leaving the ball in her court for her to, whenever she wants to feel comfortable, whenever she feels comfortable to meet me and sit down and talk with me, and then we'll do it. So so I can tell her my side of the story. Yeah. So well, you mentioned homework assignments. <laughs> <laughs> so... Did you have, through that program, I mean, was there a lot of, because the program I went through, you know, Valor, I mean, it was writing assignments and graphs and charts and like a whole bunch of stuff. So, um, I wasn't technically a dual major like a lot of people were with uh, mental health and uh, substance abuse. Mm -hmm. I was just, I was strictly more mental health. Yeah. Uh, So, I didn't have nearly as much as many assignments as, as the other guys did, but I still had my own. I started journaling, which is something that really keeps me on track. And, uh, a couple weeks ago, I kind of stumbled, had, um, a a dumbass moment, rectified it really quick, but did not, um, expose it, if you will, to my wife. Yeah. Uh, she found out about it. And so then it was, you know, you need to go back and start working your working your plan working yeah i call it the after action plan because you know that's kind of the terms that we use yeah uh, best thing you're gonna stumble right but you, you just gotta be able to just be honest about it right and that was that was my fault again my fault well you're I, a man uh, right i get told that every day right oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah um so yeah so uh, you know and so we're still we're working through that now Get it, you know, getting back to that point. Um, it did something stupid the other day, not as bad, uh, but kind of didn't see things through her eyes like I should. And yeah, so well, and I think that's one of those things where perspective you kind of have to look at everything 
especially whenever you've you know gone down the paths that we've gone down you really have to take the time to look at it from the other side right you know so now this is just being devil's advocate and i'm not trying to take away your fault or anything that you've claimed but have you talked to her about seeing from your side and like when you when you mess up and why you do some of the things you do she she had a a a brother-in-law who um was had some psychological issues. I'm not, I don't want to misquote her. Yeah, know, oh, you wouldn't have to go into that. Uh, but uh, it, it's and you've run these patients, these psych patients that you know they're doing real well on their medications. They're mm-hmm. doing great. They don't need their medications anymore. Yep. So they stop doing their medications, and then they need help again, and then they need to back on their. Med- That's how I am, or how you know. Yep. I was doing great on my work on my program. Doing great. Doing great. I, I don't need to work my program today. I can. Yep. That's when you stumble. And that's when I stumbled. And that's when, and that's what happened. And she picked up on it. She is very intuitive. And, 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 you, and I'm assuming she's been supportive. Oh, yeah, it's very. So she's yeah. like, Hey, give you a little smack in the back of the head. Hey, yep. you messed up. Yep. What are we going to do? Yep. You know? Yep. Good. She's uh, yeah, she's, I just want to make just clear that. Oh yeah. 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 No, no, it's not like I'm, you know, sleeping on the, backyard or anything like that so that's just called camping (laughs) (laughs) is that really punishment (laughs) you mean i don't have to hear you snore tonight in the backyard (laughs) okay (laughs) not everybody's wife snores chris (laughs) i just need you know just need to make sure i got a long enough extension cord for my cpap machine so (laughs) i ain't got battery backups don't they no not mine man spend the money come on it's a lot those things are lifesavers yeah, I know. <laughs> Power goes out, man. We live in the cities. Right. <laughs> our grids are. Um, I'm the first awesome. one. That, I'm the first one that knows when the power goes out in our house at night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fire up actually, the generator. Yep. I actually ran ran a call. A guy. He had gone to bed. He worked nights, and his wife worked during the day. And he had a CPAP on. Well, we got a call for unconscious. Well, he was he was gone, but he was extremely pink, but extremely bloated because he still had the CPAP on. But he had rigor and all that, so yeah. I mean, you couldn't. But trying to explain that to, oh my God. you know, because it's still pumping oxygen in there. Yeah, yeah. I never. It's the first one. time I'd seen that. Ran one one time. Ran one one time with a woman with a CPAP machine on that was unplugged. Couldn't figure out why she couldn't breathe. Okay. The the lack of air flowing in her didn't... Hey, her husband didn't seem concerned. Hmm. Were they older? No. Were they my age? They were a little older than you. Yeah, that's why he wasn't concerned. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My wife knows I say all this stuff, but I love... She knows I love her. I was like... uh, (laughs) This this ain't right. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, it's not. <laughs> I say all the mean stuff here. That way, I'm I can be nice to her and enjoy right. our time together. <laughs> I get it all out. <laughs> oh, it's on you. It's your turn to talk. I, I just did. <laughs> go on, go on with you. So, <laughs> So we hit, we hit the stumble, and, now, and then so you, you, you fixed it. Fix yeah. it, right, and it's... And it, you journal every day. I, jur- I, I am trying to. Yeah. Journaling for me is very difficult. I hate writing. I have hated writing assignments my whole life. 
So, um, to me, for me to journal every other day is a, is a huge thing. So that's kind of where I'm at right now, working on getting journaling done every day. Now, do you, do you handwrite or do you type it? Handwrite. Yeah. Handwriting, dude. There's, yeah, there's a science behind that of the tactile <laughs> thing with actually it, writing. You it, do not get the same thing journaling, typing on a computer. Right. That is very, very cathartic. See, and I've, yeah. I've noticed that I write better when I type and I get more out of it. I'm, I'm yeah. not arguing with the science. Well, I'm just saying. Yeah, exception. You're special. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that again. It goes back to what we've said a hundred times. Yeah, right. Different well, things work for different people. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And you're absolutely right. And you can't read my writing anyway when I because <laughs> it's chicken scratch. Right. Uh, well. It's like Sanskrit, but <coughs> I just it's, it feels like I get more. I don't journal, but right. Yeah. But when I do, when I do writing for school and stuff. Yeah. I get more, more out of it from typing. Yeah. Yeah, it's supposedly there's you have a more more of a connection with the words because you have to take the time when you're writing and you have that like I said that tactile feel mm-hmm. and the yeah. muscle memory of you know and it's this isn't the same as as the writing process. So I mean I, I get it. It makes sense. Yeah, because I mean we did but, the same thing in Valor. We had a journal yeah. and it was you had to handwrite it. We had somebody in our thing that tried to type everything and that quickly got nipped in the bud like no you're not doing that so but yeah i get it again different things work for different people that's true you know i mean some people like the art therapy some don't right. some some people the journaling was awesome for some people mm-hmm. i mean just couldn't get through it yeah like it's a super big chore there yeah. there were several people in <clears throat> that went through with me that they said that the journaling you know there were there was one uh, uh retired chief from california that was with me and he he journaled four or five notebook pages a day oh yeah i had a guy yeah. like that bart I, was like that. <clears throat> okay yeah. i mean it was just it, it, more power to him as like i was lucky yeah. to get you know half a sheet yeah. Well, my buddy that we had on the show, I mean, he would sit down and journal. I think he had like six or seven notebooks. Yeah. I mean, he'd been there a while, though. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. And he, he, had, he had a lot, lot, he lot had of years. A lot of years. Yeah. yeah. 20 years in SF to, to talk about, wow. plus, you know, other stuff. So, yeah. but yeah, the, the thing, the common theme that keeps coming up is, you know, and you kind of alluded to it a little bit, like, the childhood trauma and you know and i don't know if that's just like typical of men in particular where we just don't deal with our crap and then we just kind of stack it on top of each other until we get to the point where it's you know we're doing dumb shit i mean it goes back to like what we were talking about last episode pick yourself up dust yourself off suck it up man up yep put some dirt on it yeah yeah. You keep moving forward. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, don't worry about it. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I You played sports as a kid, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You fall oh, down, yeah. get your ass whooped, whatever. Right. Yeah. Get up. Get up. Go again. Yeah. Right. Are you injured or are you hurt? Right. Yeah. That was a question that I heard. Oh, I heard yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. If you're injured, we'll get you some help. Right. If you're just hurt, get your ass out there. Yeah. Yeah. Forget that play. Yeah. You got yeah. 17 more to go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, you know, ignore it. 
Yeah. Don't deal with it. Ignore now, it. but I will say, I will say that with this caveat, there are, there is a benefit to that as well of building resilience and being able to push through. If you understand that part of it, yeah. right? that part of it is not explained. Neither is. And we talked about this the last episode of, and we've talked about it before compartmentalization, mm-hmm. which is a big thing on the fire department. I assume police department, military as well, yeah. where, you know, you go on a call, you got some horrible shit going on. You have to go in there, do your job. You can't focus on the horrible shit. Right. So you take it and you put it in your little box or whatever. And then, okay, then what? Nobody ever says, then what? Right. It's no, right. you just take that shit and you put, put it in, in your, your box. box and yeah. Go on. Yeah. Well, no, that's not how compartment compartmentalization is supposed to work right you put it in your little box you do your job then whenever you're in a safe space you pull it out you process it and then it flushes away right and you're good to go however if you don't do that like i said you're just putting more shit in there more shit in there and everybody and i've used this analogy before a million times probably everybody thinks it's like this big huge iron bound box with triple padlocks and all this no it's a leaky cardboard box that's been sitting in water for a decade yep it's not gonna hold shit for long and and everybody's leaky cardboard box is different it's a different size oh absolutely uh there are some that are this big and then others you know that are huge and takes forever yeah so i've actually started doing that on bad calls taking taking the time to talk to everybody who was on the call did it with that. We had a mid-30s cardiac arrest. Pregnant. Got a pulse back. But it... That was a hard one. Yeah. And then found out... Because I was working overtime. And then the next shift I worked, talked to some of the nurses that were at the hospital and... Didn't make it. Neither. Yeah. They tried. They mean, C-section, emergency. Right. Couple breaths for the baby and... Nothing. Mm-hmm. And, it, and the dad... The husband, I mean, that was oh, okay. brutal to hear as you're working and trying to give him tasks to do. And, but going back, I mean, this was in the middle of the night, too. Right. And going back to the station and everybody sitting around the table and mm-hmm. like, all right, we're going to talk about it. And you kind of got like, uh, like, no, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. We're going to deal with this now. Because right. there were some young guys, had young kids, pregnant wives. I mean, yeah, younger yeah. but than what our patient was. But at the same time, like, no, we're good. Even one of the older guys... It was like his his work that kind of fucked me up. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah. It's not something you expect to run. We've uh, we've had a string of uh, pretty gnarly calls last couple of weeks. Uh, fortunately, I have not been on them, but other uh, members of the department have been that are on my shift, and uh, uh, it's really kind of you know fucked fucked a few of them up. Yeah, and uh, they uh, they called in the the CISD team to, to talk them, talk to them. And, uh, it's, I'm hoping it helps. I talked to one of them, uh, my last shift and, uh, he seems to be doing okay. So, do, you, do you guys have the peer counselors? Yes, we do. And I am one of them. All right. So I'm not <clears throat> forgot. You're, you're part of our local too, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I couldn't remember if you were or not for, yeah. oh, sorry. <laughs> so your CISD protocols, is that, in a group or is it one-on-one uh they did it in a group 
it was everybody that was on that uh, on the one particular call that they kind of cherry picked mm-hmm. uh, out of the however many that they had because I think it was because it was the most recent one, and they went um, they went through one of the, the the local hospital in our area. Okay, so they they reached out to them and their team came down. It was nobody from from us, right. but uh, myself and my captain are uh, two of the three peer counselors that we have on the, on our department okay. and the other one just got promoted to a chief level. So I don't know if they are still doing it or not because of that. And it kind of changes when you kind of hit change, that, yeah, man, right. that management, even with a captain sometimes. It, yeah. We, and we talked about that a little bit about, you know, the whole peer support thing. People will feel more comfortable potentially talking to someone that's at their rank level or, whatever once you start and it's not anything bad about officers or anything like that but there's just that separation right and guys start to you know you got it in the back of your mind okay can i really talk to this person and it's not that you know not that you don't trust them or whatever but there also becomes like okay what's my liability here and right as you know if it's the officer it's like okay what's my liability of listening to this person talk how far can I take it as a peer counselor before right. I have to be chief or captain or right. whatever? Yeah, yeah there's, and, there's a lot of gray areas. And, yeah. then, and, and then not only that, if, if it's your captain and it's your captain that is your peer counselor, yeah, then that puts, you know, okay, so we run another call like this. Do I get, now I have to not only, you know, make sure my scene's safe, make sure my guys are safe, make sure, you know, everything's working smoothly. Now I got to watch out for, for me because you know i broke down on the last call am i going to do that again yeah. you know am i gonna you know when it's what, right. what what's my captain thinking right about me right now right did did, did he lose some did i lose some of his trust right yeah. now I, kn- I and i know my captain uh, i i know very well and i know they don't think that way i know because of just the conversations that we've had uh she wants to see me in a good mental health you know I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 17 years on the department, almost 18 now. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting to that to the point where it's like, you yeah, know, I could go, I could retire almost any time, pretty close to it. And, uh, you know, she doesn't want to see me, <laughs> yeah, know, screw up the last, you know, four or five years of my career. Yeah. So, so. That's a fine line. But, I mean, yeah. the, the sitting down and talking about it, whether it's a peer counselor or, yeah. You know, have an expert come in, or just as a crew, you can right. tell it worked. You could, you could see it in the eyes and the reactions in the face. Yeah, and well, dude, that hot wash, and that's what we'll call it. That's basically what it is. <clears throat> People underestimate the value of that. Oh, yeah. We've been doing it informally in fire stations for years. Of you have a fire or a bad call or you know car wreck or whatever, late at night typically is like the most typical time. Mm-hmm. You get back to the station. We were talking about it earlier. Put on a pot of coffee, sit around the kitchen table, and then everybody just kind of, oh, one person may say something, make a joke, then you start talking about it. You're able to take that post-traumatic stress, diffuse it, leave it away, and then it doesn't become post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. Which is, that's the bad thing. I I, I don't know about you guys in your department, but... The things that, you know, the changes that we've had in, in 
and I think the fire service in general, and especially in our department, with going to individual rooms, um, getting rid of the uh, table in the bay. You guys still have a table in the bay? Some, some, stations. some stations. Some don't. Yeah. I and I and I know for for our department, I've said this to several of the chiefs. I said when they got rid of the table in the bay, that's when a lot of this problem started, and then. The separate uh, quarters that that was inevitable that was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, the, when people go hide in their bunk all day, right? That's a problem. Like, so I've been I've been lucky, real fortunate in the stations I've worked at. Even when I was in the city, <clears throat> everybody. I mean, you'd go do your study time, right? But for the most part, everybody was up front. I mean, we had an area in the bay with chairs, right, and an old one of the big wire cable wire spools. That was our table. We kind of make sure to do that. Just like that spool that I tripped over in that fire. Yes. <laughs> Where he was the truck and I was the pumper. Yeah. You and okay? Get up. You're fine. Get up. Hey, that's on fire. You might want to put that yeah. out. You got the line. Let's go. We got work to do. <laughs> Deal with your cut later, man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but we had, we had chairs out there. Right. Recli- the old recliners we took out of the the day room, which is all one big room, of course. Right. But the big kitchen table, you know, everybody was sitting around. Coffee was always on, or, of course, we bought soda, like 12 packs every day. <laughs> soda and multiples. <laughs> I always had candy. But you're always talking about something, some call, whether right. it was that day, shit before, or five yeah. years ago. Uh, and, when, and whenever I stuff. work, you know, at different stations, it's always this. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of that too, but you know, and I'm guilty, and I am too. I, you know, I'm not saying I'm not, but I, it just to me it just seems like, you know, we've we need we need to circle back around to yeah. where we were. Circle back, yeah. circle back. Well, well I think eating together helps. The, yeah. the cook shack. I don't, no, you, you guys do cook shack. No, we don't because everybody's on a special diet. Okay, so. then so even if you don't go to the store together or you don't cook together. At least you know noon and six. We we try noon and six. We try to eat together. At least when I'm working up out of class, I try to you know yeah instill that. Uh, You know I've said that I I haven't made supervisory position yet. I am on the list now for captain. So if and when that happens, that's going to be a priority. Is yeah. making sure that we have one meal together. Yeah. Doesn't matter what. You can bring your own food, and I have no yeah. problem with that. We got a guy. But, but that, we all eat together. Yeah. I want to go back to something that you said sure. that we were talking about a second ago about the whole separate bunks, and you know that's whenever the problems all started and stuff. I think we need to be careful to not glorify the old glory days of because <clears throat> we've all seen it. Right. Guys had problems back then. They just didn't talk about it. Right. We still had, and I would say even more so back then, the addiction, the doing dumb shit at the station. I, I, and I think, or what I meant by that was you're able to go to one, your own room, your own space, and yeah. you hide there all day. Right. That That's where I was going with that. No, the, there was more dumb shit done at the fire station when I first started. Yeah. Than you know, than now, and I know before I started hearing some of those older guys talk, yeah, uh, you know all the dumb shit that happened, yeah, you know, before I got there. And but yeah, was, no, that's that's not what you know. I was not trying to yeah, glorify. No, I just I wanted to. It's just somebody you know, to clarify. You know, if you're having a bad day and you need your you need your space, cool. Yeah, but don't 
go there every day. Yeah. Like, I don't even, I come into the station, I drop my stuff off in my room, and then I don't go back in there until it's time for bed, unless I need something out of my bag. Yeah. I don't even make my bed until it's time for me to go, go to bed. Oh, no, I study every day between one and three. I get that. Yeah. I get that, but I end up <laughs> I end up studying on the on the recliner. I, dude, I can't do it. I like the recliner. I, yeah. I, I, so here's the line. thing. At my station. <laughs> yeah. So the snoring at my, contest. At, <laughs> at my station, you are risking shenanigans if you fall asleep in the recliner. <laughs> and, I mean, shenanigans are fun, but I only bring so many changes of clothes. To the right. <laughs> and I went through all of them yesterday. <laughs> That's a good day. At another service I worked at part-time. We had a guy that would, you know, study in the recliner all the time. And he snored like no other. So we would get laryngoscope blades. Laryngoscope, just set it on his chest. The, the We'd get tubes and just set it on his chest and just wait for him to wake up. What the hell? <laughs> just getting ready. Just getting ready. That's yeah. all. Stack them up. Right? Yeah. No, there's... I don't know how much in detail I want to go, but I wouldn't. Yeah, there's a yeah shenanigans. Shenanigans. We'll yeah. I get Just it. fun. I get yeah, it. yeah. I get it. There's got to be a certain amount. Because it always comes back. If you're always the one doing it, oh yeah, you're gonna yeah. get got. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be bad. Yep. So but, yeah, but I you take laugh about it. But it's, you oh. know that, but that brings that camaraderie, and it brings dealing with kind of whatever issues, right? Too. You just don't realize. So even when we had those kitchen tables, and even though there were issues back then. People were still dealing with it in a way they just didn't realize it. Right. Right. Some people were. That's just I like, mean, well, it's no different yeah. today. Yeah. It's no, it's, I don't know where we're at on the department with, or how much progress. I, I think we've made a lot of progress with mental health and mental health awareness and, you know, PTSD and PTSD. We were five years ago. I think we are. I don't think we're where we should be. No, we're no. nowhere near where we should be. No. And we're so far behind. Yeah. But I don't know how to catch up. Well, it's it's a culture shift. We've talked it about is. that yeah. before. It's definitely changing with the younger generation. Yeah. That's coming on now. Yeah. They're completely different than even... I mean, we're a different generation age-wise than you are. Right. And fire service-wise... That means I'm old. Yeah, I'm not far behind that, you. That's his, that's his nice way of saying I'm old. Yeah. You take it how you want. You t- tell me I'm old. I know it. <laughs> My <laughs> wife tells me all the time. <laughs> I feel old. <laughs> but it's, it's just that it's that different. So, I mean, to be honest, even the way you were raised. Oh, yeah. So, because technically being born 82, I guess that, that oh, means you're a millennial. millennial. But I wasn't raised that way. Right. Because of when I was born. I mean, I remember the internet coming out, computers and all that. But I was like, I'm going to go play sports right. outside. I'll, I'll see you guys tonight and, <laughs> when the streetlight comes on. And even kids, when I was growing up, kids my age, their parents were younger parents. My parents were older parents. So my parents or my grandparents lived through the Great Depression. And my parents were kids at the tail end of that. So being raised by that generation, you know, it instilled different, yeah, different, you know, morals and philosophies and and everything else in you you know i still have a hard time wasting food yeah you know if i you know no matter how full i get sometimes i just 
Yeah, because it's still there. It's still there, right? Yeah, they, yep. and it got shouldn't it. be because yeah. you know. Got to clean my plate, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I mean, we talked about that a little bit earlier with the whole, you know, it starts in the home with whenever Devin was on. Mm-hmm. So talking about culture and, I mean, you know, everybody's different. Yeah. It is. You're not going to be raised the same. So no. And I think that how you're raised can not always, but can reflect how, or almost predict how resilient you'll be going forward. Right. So, and that's the thing that we try to talk about on the podcast and try to focus on more is the growth. Right. You know, because post-traumatic stress is common. It's everybody has it, whether you want to admit it or not, everybody gets it. Right. It's natural. It just occurs where the problem comes in is whenever it becomes a disorder, you haven't dealt with it, right. that type of thing. So what we're trying to do with this podcast is shed light on the growth portion of, Hey, yeah, you can have the problem. There's also ways out of it. Right. And you can be better than you were before. You're going to be different, but you can be better than you were before. Right. And you don't have to let that diagnosis define you for the rest of your life. Right. And that's, and that's where I'm at right now is, is building up my resiliency towards the rabbit holes that I've fallen into. And, you know, my life is seeing them come up. And I, you know, in my journaling, I wrote, um, uh, when I work my plan, I'm strong. When I don't, I'm very weak. So as long as I keep working my plan, I'm good. Work that plan. Right. Man. And then, <laughs> and then my, my wife and I, we do uh, pars and cans. <clears throat> Excuse me. We, uh, we did a, a zoom couples weekend last year. Uh, it was supposed to be held uh, in St. Louis and, uh, but because of COVID and all that other bullshit that happened, mm-hmm. um, they did it all online. And one of the things that they suggested was doing, you know, pars and cans, you know? Yeah. So, so what's that conditions, actions, and needs. Come on, bro. We studied for the captain's test together. Pars you and know cans. What? You guys don't use pars and cans? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So People listening don't always know. There are cops that listen to this. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Sorry, blue team. <laughs> Red team for the win. <laughs> I couldn't help that. <laughs> yeah, I like it. See how that set it did. It's a perfect setup. I mean, I'm gonna get so many tickets and get arrested so many times now. <laughs> <laughs> With all okay. due respect, guys. Yeah. With all due respect. Right. It's in the Geneva Convention. You can say that. Right. <laughs> so we check in with each other almost every day now. Good. So, in fact, uh, just before she left for work this morning, we uh, we sat down and we talked and checked in, and she's like, "Are you everything okay?" And I said, "Yeah, everything's good." Yeah. Good deal. So what's on tap for the future for you? Keep working my plan. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Yeah. Keep working that plan and, uh, uh, you know, keep improvising it, you know, tweaking it here and there, making it better. Yeah. Dude, that is so important. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something that, you know, we talked about whenever I went through treatment is, you know, you have this, 
we went by coping skills right. and stuff. Right. So they're like, all right, you're going to have this coping skill. That's what you're going to use. What else? Because this one may not work every time. Right. Right. <laughs> so that, you need more. It's basically tools in the tool bag. Right. Yeah. And you need as many of them as you can fit in there. Yep. And that's, you know, that's, you know, my, my after action plan always, it, you know, outlines what, you know, it, if, you know, I see the rabbit hole coming up, if the first thing I do is I get up out of, out of that, you know, recliner and start walking around and that usually does it. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't do it, uh, then, you know, I'll, I'll go work out. If that doesn't do it. Then I'll, you know, uh, journal. If that doesn't work, depending on the time of day, I'll either call my wife or, uh, my best friend, you know, he, he's on board with me and, uh, cause you know, he knows, he knows the struggles that I've gone through in, in, uh, in my life. Uh, he's been, shoot, you know, half the time he's there with me, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, he said that, you know, since my wife goes to bed early that, you know, if it's late at night and uh, to give him a call, yeah. so that's. I think, you know, having a plan and then having a good support group, you know, around you. And and the support group doesn't have to be huge. Um, yeah. Al Capone used to say, I'd rather have four quarters than a hundred pennies. You know, so if you got four yeah. good people, even two good people in your life yeah, that you can lean on when you need it. Yeah. Well, that's something that we've talked about of nowadays, the definition of friend has changed. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, friend is used in conjunction with acquaintance yeah. yes it's very liberal yeah. yes so yeah so yeah when i know when i say this guy's my best friend like i said pretty much any story that we tell we were both there together in it <laughs> yeah 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 awesome man well i'm glad that it's you're working yeah yeah that's the important thing right yeah getting back on track and staying on track yeah. that's you know and sometimes being called out is what oh, yeah. kicks your butt in gear to oh, yeah. to make a change you didn't even realize. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, uh, my wife, sent me a nice long text after it, uh, you know, explaining what she saw, and I'm like, "Yep, I didn't see any of it." Yeah, so, been there. So, yeah. so I told her, I said, "Well, if you see me when you first start seeing the changes, because she says there's changes, she won't tell me what they are." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, then you, then you can hide them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, you could try. I could try. <laughs> but then uh, no, she says, and I told her, I said, when you first start seeing the changes and you see, you know, that I'm, you know, not doing what I need to do, I said, call me out on it. I said, I'm not going to be upset. I said, I know, I know I have fucked up. Yeah. So, and that's the only way to, you know, sometimes that's the only way to, to get back on track. Yeah. Well, you know, owning your mistakes and man it up in the good way. Yep. You know, ultimately yeah. that's what it takes. Yeah. And that's, that's how you grow. And, and that's something that I haven't done previously. Yeah. I think that was another part of all my problem. No, no, I'm, I'm good. I, yeah. Oh yeah. I can no, handle I, this. I can I've handle never this. never heard that before. Right. Ever. Ever. <laughs> right. Yep. It's dude. It's the common theme. It it really is the common theme. And it's, I think there's a personality that, you know, guys have or girls, whoever you get into this line of work. I think that's just a part of that mentality. Yeah. And that personality of, 
Oh, I'm I'm the helper. I right. I'm good. I right. I got this. Right. I I'm the one that helps you. Yeah. I don't need help. Exactly. I'm here for you. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I get it. That's a whole section in one of my in my presentation. Oh yeah. So, all right, man. Well, right. I appreciate you coming by. Well, I appreciate you having me. Yeah. It was fun. And let me know if you need anything for your presentations or Will anything do. like that. Will do. So, I still have I'm, some of my stuff from. I'm Valor, about. Yeah, I'm probably about 85% done with it right now. The yeah. The goal is to make it, uh, well, I need it for two hours for certifications, Woo. right? Yeah. For my uh, instructor certification, but I'd like to make it four hours and present it at uh, Winter Fire School. Cool. Well, something that needs to be, like I said, the whole point of this podcast is right. getting rid of the stigma. So right. as much as we can. So. All right. All right. Well, Thanks for stopping by. Like we say at the end of every episode, if you are having a problem, reach out to somebody. If you know that somebody is having a problem, don't be afraid to take that first step. Reach out to them. Let them know there are people out there. There are resources. So anyway, take care of yourself. Thanks for stopping by.